there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Nebraska Preps Post Game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Hey, that's that voice we like to hear. That means I get another week with my man Jacob Padilla. We're just here telling jokes off air. He and I are in the same boat. We're looking for vehicles, although for different reasons. I'm guilted into it. He's just smarter than me. So it's kind of like how the show goes. <laughs> what's, what's, what's up, buddy? Hey, yeah. Um, got a uh, drive out to Grand Island on Saturday, which we've, uh, we'll get to in a bit here. But, uh, yeah, it's – at the point where I either need to put sink some money into my car or just swap it out, try to start over again. And so, so I, I'm dying to know just because of your personality, very savvy, fiscal savvy. Is there anything worse for you in your head than spending money on something that's going to depreciate? Uh, it's <laughs> not even that so much. I just don't want to go through the the pain of having to do it, and especially because I've got like 2,400 left on my uh, to pay off this one. So yeah. I'm like. I was like, before this issue popped up, I was thinking, oh, maybe I should just pay it off and just be done with it and feel good. And then this thing pops up and it's another 2000 to. So you're basically uh, paying the difference of to, to get it fixed? Yeah. So are uh, you are you a believer in. So some people, Shane is probably this way. Shane likes to buy. I like to lease. Shane never wanted to. I don't think he enjoyed leasing because of mileage constraints and stuff, although there's ways to work about that. I never wanted to. Oh, own an old car because I didn't want to have to put money into it. Is this the first major thing so, that you've had to do? Yeah, kind of. So this is the first, the previous, I, I inherited a car from my mom when I got my first car. And then the second one, uh, this kind soul. of a junker my, my uncle found for me. This is the first one that I've actually like paid and uh, got a loan for and all that. And it was 25000 maybe when I bought it. So it was so 2016, I got in 2018 maybe. Um, so um, it's not, not brand new, but hardly used when, when I got it. So that's probably um, the, kind, the kind of sweet spot there. Um, not, not buying a brand new. Uh, One thing you're going to figure out, the pandemic and, and car availability changed the game. Yeah. It's, it's rough out there. Used cars are – it's crazy. Yeah. It hasn't even come back to, like, the market's recalibrating. I tried to wait it out, but, of course – as we're talking hoops, my son doing the walk with Max Coglin talking hoops for Westside tells the free world <laughs> that he's 17 and doesn't have his own car. So I feel like I'm being guilted into it. You there, should be. There's should I? Because <laughs> I didn't grow up like that. So I, I kind of I parent how I grew up, but now I kind of feel 
Like, gosh, do we have to do this? Look at it this way. Now you don't have to take them to all his workouts. Yeah, that's true. Especially and with the young ones that you have to deal with yeah. already. Like, just, hey. it's, it's really a gift for yourself. And uh, the, the cool thing about that, why I think you're spot on, is so he's healthy in the off season. You know, he had the bad back two years ago. And uh, last year with the travel with the new ETG schedule, he didn't really train. This is going to be the first off seasons. We're going to stagger it. So we're starting the second week in February, even though second to last week in February. So in a week, even though the basketball season is still going, we're going to start his his actual training for the upcoming season for football, even though he's going to play AAU basketball, which is the first off season he's ever done it. So he's kind of like a blank slate. So and I don't want to be the guy. I'll oversee some of his workouts. But I definitely don't want to be taking him because he's yeah. gonna do hoops, then school, then workout, then going back to practice. He's fully prepared. That's why I was glad he said in his whatever they did with the in-state recruiting. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna train accordingly because you know his personality. So whatever, he's very task-oriented. So that part I'm excited about. To drive him, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> to dr not so much, JP, man. Heck of a week in basketball. And I feel like we know even less than we did a week ago outside of Bellevue West. <laughs> yeah. Well, another undefeated goes down. We uh, Down in Class D1, we're down to just three unbeaten teams left, uh, including Donovan Trumbull, who scored a big win. Uh, yeah, that. so I'm, of course, interested yeah. in that one because that was against Central City um, that I wanted to see in the tournament because I am Team Central City. And that one was at the Bison Dome. Yeah. Um, Donovan Trumbull now 20-0 after winning that one, 69-55. Uh, it, it, uh, it was tied after the first quarter, yep. and then second and third quarters, Donovan Trumbull uh, just dominated there, doubled them up 32-16, uh, to 16, um, and then held on through the fourth. And the thing about this Donovan Trumbull team is they don't have seniors. It's all juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. They're going to be here. Uh, they're going to be around for a while. So um, the rest of the class better get them now. Uh, and right now, nobody's been able to. You know what? And it's interesting about that is I was talking to the Zekmans, obviously. Aiden's my guy from Central City. They got multiple ways that they can get you. Yeah. It's not just one singular thing. And that's a tough place to play. Yeah. And they went in there, and for three quarters, no problem. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about Jack Poppy before, a freshman. Parker Volk is another freshman playing uh, big mints for them, had 16 in that game. Um, Jane Williams is a junior I saw at the Heartland Hoops Classic last year that I like, kind of a stuff-the-stat-sheet type of guy. Um, had 9, 6, and 4 in that one. Or, um, so it's just they, they got a lot of different uh, pieces there that can contribute. And, again, all under, they'll all be back next year. So uh, Donovan Trumbull, yeah, 20-0, and they moved ahead of Freeman in the coaches' poll despite Freeman – uh, winning their conference tournament, 32-29 on a game-winning three from Carter Roos uh, over Auburn. And I was at that cha uh, championship game last year. Auburn won it 28-21. Everybody was, was doing brutal. double takes because yeah. I was with a couple of basketball minds, and we were scrolling through trying to catch the scores, and we were like, wait a minute, overtime? <laughs> yeah. That was the total number of points, overtime? Yep. It didn't. It didn't sound right, though. But you play a coach week's coach team, and the way that Freeman likes to play, there, there's some potential to get that. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, those two teams uh, do not like uh, scoring points against each other. I mean, earlier this season they played. I watched that one on TV. It was 30-29. Uh, uh, Freeman won that one. Uh, so 28-21, 30-29, and 32-29 in overtime, the last three scores for, the, for that game. So, uh, yeah, those two teams do not like letting each other score. Um, I, I mentioned the uh, undefeated going down. That was Maywood Hayes Center, uh, previous number one in, in Class D1. And uh, to be fair, they were play, it looked like they were playing without Hayden Kramer, who's their senior leader there in, in that game. They lost 55-57 uh, in overtime at Bertrand after beating Bertrand in their conference mm-hmm. tournament the week before. But, again, no Kramer. Uh, the team had 22 turnovers in that game and still lost by two in overtime. So pretty impressive that they were able to um, – even make it that close. Kramer came back for their last two games, got back on track. He had 16 and 11, and then 30 and 12 in the next two games. There's a good chance that he may make our shout out. Hey, so or your shout out, which I always love listening to. Any? Are you interested in the Johnson Brock Freeman game on Thursday? Because people tell me I haven't seen them play yet, but I think Johnson Brock is what they call dangerous. Well, so yeah, you've got Johnson Brock at 17 and three. Uh, on Thursday, and then out uh, in Grand Island, Harlan Hoops Classic, Central City, um, two, With, against Freeman. Yeah, it's in there at twenty and uh, twenty and one. Uh, the flyer, uh, Freeman just um, that's that's a tough uh, tough week coming up. They're they're definitely going to be well tested, um, which is probably good for them going into the, the postseason here, the stretch run um, right now. Face a couple of tougher matchups. Uh, as they, they gear up for districts and and all that to get ready for for March. Hey, so are you kind of like a as as a guy that I'm a little bit envious of sometimes without kids, are you a, kind of a proud papa watching all your alum who are coming off a couple of big weeks, man? I, You don't often take some time to f- lament and you're not emotional and all that other stuff, but, man, you got some guys that you coach that you poured into. These guys are coming off some pretty good runs, man. you got to feel pretty good as a guy that's been emotionally and physically invested. Yeah, it's been fun kind of following along these guys this year. You mentioned um, you can't stay out on Grand Island because uh, your daughter's senior day. It's tough for me kind of seeing all these, like, senior days pop up for these guys, and I'm not going to go to uh, – I would have liked to go to those, but just kind of the way the, the, the calendar plays out, just uh, not in the cards, but – uh, been able to see all all the guys that played for me uh, play already this season. Um, hopefully, get a few more chances here as we close this thing out. And well, you got one tonight. You can kill a couple of birds with one that's, stone. That's probably where I'm heading tonight. I got to look at the other schedule uh, and see what else is out there. But that's definitely one that looked even with me. that you're measured, <laughs> right? It would be well, easy. You got Kevin Brown. You got Carter. It's just like. You're like, oh, well, well, let me see what else is out there just so I make sure that I'm equal opportunist. What I try not to do is see the same team play twice in a week unless it's like the Metro Tournament or State or anything like that. And obviously I'm going to see Westside play on uh, Saturday out on Grand Island. Um, so that that's the one kind of thing that gives me Well, pause, you'll be there anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I've already seen a little different. Like I'm going to do – I just kind of recap all the games versus like I kind of do five thoughts, just offer analysis – it's hard coming up with, like, ten separate thoughts, uh, like, when you're seeing, seeing a team play <laughs> twice in one week. Um, but, so, yeah, that, that'll probably be where I head up, uh, end up. Uh, I'm seeing Lincoln East because uh, I've only seen East play once in person. I watched uh, another one or two uh, on video. But good to circle back and see them because I haven't seen them play in a while. Let me throw you a curveball since we started um, outside of Class A. Let's go to B, right? I us- We usually like to kind of – Sometimes we'll start an A and work our way down. 
How impressive for you was what Bennington was able to do? Because in my, my sphere of influence, obviously I'm friends with a lot of coaches. We talk a lot of hoops. That one was one of all the games. It was weird how Bennington over North stuck out in terms of what happened last week. 64-63 in overtime, uh, Bennington at Omaha North. Uh, Tough place to play. And and that's coming off a 21-point loss against Scott, which, again, is pretty clear above everybody else in B because Bennington, Bennington lost by 21 and still climbed up to number two in the coaches' poll yeah. because of that win over North. Um, so, obviously, Scott took those they two jump Class Cree, A losses. But jump plat view. Yeah, um, which both those had a uh, tough week. Um, but, yeah, Bennington. We'll get to that. The, and North, more impressive is the fact that they fell behind 26-15 after one. On the road, rallied to go win that thing in overtime. That shows some real resiliency from, from that Bennington team. Um, and it was they they bounced back fifteen to five in the second quarter, held North to five points in a quarter, and then it was back and forth the rest of the way. Um, and Trey Bird twenty four points after Scott limited him to just three uh, earlier in the week. Came uh, came up with twenty four in that one. Gunnar Lim added fourteen. Uh, and they, is, they how how, how big an X factor is he though? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like th- those are the two guys that are going to be le- leading scores more often than not. Um, Lim's kind of made that leap to being that guy, whereas Isaac Hunter is kind of more of the, the glue guy now, defender, um, clean the glass. He, awful tough, too. Yeah. Does some serious, dirty work. Yeah. I don't know if it's the football thing, if it's his frame, if it's the fact that he's been in that gym a thousand times when he used to play with T&E. We, they practiced at North, so there's some familiarity there. But I was uh, the way and the resolve that they showed that one – that one caught me off guard in terms of the comeback. Yeah, so Bennington, like we heading into the year, we we thought they'd be right up near the top. Obviously, got to a slow start, a um, uh, couple missteps here and there, but they've kind of rounded into shape now and again. Just in terms of a well balanced team, a deep team, uh, they've got the size and Dylan Cassard who can match up with uh, give some teams problems if you don't have a true big. Um, they can go smaller, uh, bring a couple guards off the bench, slide Connor down to the five. Uh, and attack you that way. Um, they, they've got a couple backup bigs that they could choose to, if they want to stay big. So they've got a different, a few different ways they can play. Um, so Bennington right there, 13 and six, sitting there at number two. Um, I mean, they it was 12-12 after the first quarter against Scott in, in that first game, and then Scott just outscored them 36 to 20 in the middle two quarters, and then it was ball game at that point. But uh, Bennington, yeah, looking strong there. You mentioned Crete jumped ahead of Crete, who. Uh, took care of business against Skyler, but then lost at Wahoo. Uh, man, Wahoo is on a roll right now. Um, Wahoo won that 76-61 despite uh, Crete putting up 23 points, uh, leading 23-14 after the first quarter. Uh, and then again, those middle two quarters, uh, kind of same story, 48-25. to Wahoo top 20 in both the second and the third quarter. Um, and Marcus Glock was on fire in that game and finished with 27. Streaky. Really efficient. He's become it. very, very streaky. When he's comfortable and you don't touch or get him off his spot, you let him settle in, he's a handful. He, he can use both hands, contrary to popular belief. People think he's a little left-hand dominant. He's not. He's starting to grow physically. He's playing with a little bit more strength. If you don't disrupt him early, 
you're going to be in for a long night because when he gets it going, he can be extremely efficient. Yeah. Well, and Wahoo as a team shot uh, 11 to 23 from three and almost 60% from the field in that game. Uh, they, they went 3-0 and last week. They, they took care of our Logan View, Scribner, Snyder. And then they also another impressive win against Beatrice. Uh, that one was 46-38, so a very different style of game. They, they shot 1-17 from three against Logan View and 5-17 against Beatrice. Um, so they picked the right game to ha- have their great shooting game, but found a way to win all three games uh, and jump ahead of the other um, undefeated team, Ogallalos, and they're at 21-0. and um, who, who nice win against uh, McCook, one by 15 last week, um, one by 17 against Broken Bow. Uh, they've got Mitchell on Friday. It's looking like Ogallala and Donovan Trumbull both have a chance to get through the regular season unbeaten based on their remaining games. Um, so that's real, real strong at the top in Class uh, C1 again, uh, but they, which evidenced by Wahoo winning by 15 against the number three team in, in Class B. Um, and Wahoo also beat Platteview um, the week before, as we talked about, and Platteview drops down to four after um, a loss at or a loss at Ralston on uh, Thursday, I believe it was. Um, and you saw that one, right? I, I did not. I, I was there Friday. We watched Ralston that one. That and so, full disclosure, we talked about. Um, this was during NEB preps. This is why we like when you guys and gals listen to the show because you're going to get some insight because we're just junkies, right? So we kind of wondered, right? Oh, you know, Connor Milliken wasn't really putting it on the deck. It was different. And he still scored 20-some-odd points. 24 and 10. <laughs> you remind me of his dad <laughs> who says, every, you know, everybody says Connor was quiet, but he still went 24 and 10. Yeah. Right, but he wasn't really putting it on the deck. He's not explosive. He, he's got some knee issues that he's yeah. kind of working with through, and they're kind they're, they're going to shut him down for a while. Hastings, yeah, uh, they're sh- they're shutting him down for a while. I think they're going to try to give Grand Island a go. We'll see. He's got some fantastic trainers, and and having said that, but we kind of wondered what was going on. He's got a little uh, meniscus, uh, just a little sprain, and so with Platteview. I think they're trying to buy themselves some time because big picture, JP. Healthy for the postseason, that's all that matters. Right? And you want to be on the opposite side of Scott. Yes. That's the other deal. (laughs) So we've seen this before, but here's what's dangerous with the sub-districts. There is no wild card. So you – it is being healthy – is first and foremost win your district because you're not going to backdoor that thing. No. You, you, you're just not. And I, and I think you have to be smart, which is why Platteview will take their time. Yeah, and shout out. That's uh, a good win for Ralston. Uh, Cooper Helms, game-winning layup at the buzzer. Um, Platteview is up pressing. Ralston broke the press. Deacon Courtney made the pass ahead, and Helms scored uh, at the buzzer to win that thing. And uh, Courtney finished with 19-9. He's having a really good season for them. Six, seven sophomore. Uh, he's a name to watch out for for uh, moving forward. Um, kind of, he's got seven double doubles, I think, because he had another uh, one on Friday against Ron Colley um, at 19 and 14 in that game. I had him with so um, really good win for for Ralston there. Um, they they've got wins over Ralston over Elkhorn, Beatrice, uh, and now Platteview, all ranked teams when they beat them in a losing record. So that's. 
tough team to figure out, but uh, when they're at their best, uh, they're a tough out. Um, so Platteview falls to four. They're 16 and four now. Um, but like you said, the most important thing is getting milk and healthy. Uh, they've got DC West on Thursday um, and then uh, play, playing out in Grand Island uh, in the Heartland Hoops Classic on Saturday um, against Grand Island, actually, uh, one of the host teams out there. So um, not, a, not a ton of shakeup in the, the, the rest of B. Uh, York's still at five. Roncalli is at six. Um, Elkhorn is at seven. They didn't play last week. Beatrice is at eight, um, obviously had that loss to, to Wahoo, uh, but they did beat Norris uh, by 17 before that. Scott's Bluff, and sitting there at nine and 13 and seven, uh, two close wins. They beat, they won at Alliance by two. They won at Sydney by four. They've got North Platte uh, on Thursday and then McCook on Friday. So fairly tough week for them. And then Mount Michael kind of rounding things out there at, at 10 who, um, Shout out to Kyle Oldleheft, sophomore there. Um, had a really good week for them. Uh, teams really locked in. Harrison Long, shot wasn't falling, but they found a way to um, to, to have some success. Uh, they, they went one and two, but they, they beat Gross. Um, Oldleheft had 17 and 13 in that game. Um, so Mount Michael's got to figure out some alternative scoring outside of Long and, and Oldleheft moving forward. Some of the other guys, they shot – uh, very poorly from three last week, um, but um, still hanging in there at, at number 10. Does your business need an easy competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and best of all, it's free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. When you're taking a look at, as we jump to Class A, and I'm just looking it up here, do you know less during the week of February 7th about 3 through 10 than you did in January on January 7th when it comes through 3 through 10 in class A? <laughs> yep, it's and every week it, it so like what is going on? Green <laughs> prep uh obviously got their shot at Bell West who again the, the last under uh the third undefeated team remaining there uh, at 19 and 0, um, they got smacked by Bellevue West, lost that one 70-40, and then bounced back and, and uh, beat Lincoln Southeast by five. Uh, so coaches kept them there at number three uh, behind Bellevue West and Gretna at number two. Gretna had a tough week. I was there on Saturday as they just barely held on uh, against Lincoln North Star, who. Tough team to figure out again. They're sitting there at number 10. Um, you know what I think it is with them? Offensive inefficiency is is ultimately their undoing. Yeah. It just, just the decision-making is too haphazard for them, I think, in crunch time, at least right now. No, I, 100%. I kind of felt the same way when uh, I watched them play against Carney. just some of the shot selection, especially early on, uh, and then up being a competitive game. But in this one, Credit to Coach Lee Steinbrook and what he's done defensively. They're 
taking advantage of their size, uh, constantly shifting zones. They're working in two, three different zones, playing a little bit of man, um, just making it really tough to, to score inside against them. And then they close out uh, in, with their length and make it tough for those threes too. So they're kind of uh, – they, they are not easy to score on. And um, they – it was back and forth with Gretna the whole way. Uh, and then – Lazarek Houston hit two threes in the fourth quarter, giving them the chance. How about Lazarek? How about how he he's really starting to come along? I put him early on, and you can slap my hand. You're like, come on, DB, you're a little biased. Remember, I put Lazarek Houston in the same boat as, as BJ uh, with those incoming freshmen a year ago. Uh, BJ got off to the faster start at Southeast because he was playing more than Lazarek was. But th- – you know, not only are they good friends, they're right there in terms of their upward ascent and similar styles of play. Although Lazaric is turning into quite the – he's getting a lot better with decision-making. Yeah. And, yeah, and he was finished with 12 points in that game, 5 of 10. He, he's a guy that uh, is a can, can be a volume shooter. Like, he has no problem getting shots up. He was not that uh, against Gretna. And he, which is when he's at his best. He, he barely shot the ball in the first half, but then down the stretch, he was the guy that stepped up, knocked down those two big threes. He's the one that got a look at the buzzer, kind of a leaning off-movement three. Couldn't get it to go that would have won it for them, uh, but he was also the reason they had a chance to, to win that game there um, in the fourth quarter. So uh, North Star hanging in there at 13-6 and six after beating Pius 61-55 on Friday. Uh, so Pius, after their hot streak, um, scoring that big win against Scott, uh, they had a rough week last week. Uh, they, uh, they, they did win at Kearney, um, good win for them. Um, Jackson Kessler came alive at 17 in that one. Um, but, uh, Tracy Anderson at 10 points, 16, uh, boards, four assists, uh, four blocks, I think, or four steals rather. Um, but. After that, they lost 55-61 against North Star, like I said. And then rough outing against Bellevue West. Uh, lost at 73-49. Um, 23 turnovers and 3 of 15 from 3 in that game. So, again, that Bellevue West defense, uh, they are so difficult to score on. Uh, so, Pius sitting there at 9 at 13-7 and seven after a 1-2 week. Um, North Star at 10 at 13-6. and six. Uh, Southeast is at 7 at 12-7. and seven. Uh, they, they, they extended their, their winning streak to seven with uh, a win at Norfolk, uh, and then they lo- suffered that loss to, to Prep, which it was, a, it was tied uh, going into the fourth quarter, uh, and then Prep just made the, the plays down the stretch to win it. Um, the, uh, Southeast only took five free throws in the game and only hit five threes, so just tough to, to win that math battle when that's the case. Um, but they've got a tough week <laughs> this week, that's for sure. They, they go to Bellevue West on, uh, tonight as we record this on Tuesday, and they face Kearney on, on Friday. Um, so those are the kind of the, the, the three Lincoln teams that have been jumbling around. Lincoln High fell out. Uh, they've had a couple of tough losses recently. And then Lincoln East at five, s- still sitting there at the top of the pack. Uh, in, They'll get a in, test Lincoln, tonight. 14-4 and four, uh, at Westside Tuesday at Pius Friday. So, again, a chance. Any win in Lincoln is big for those teams who continues to beat each other up. Like, if you can stabilize it and, and score that, that'd be good for, for East. But uh, they, they, they won at Grand Island. They won against Norfolk, and they won against Omaha Northwest last week. So, not a challenging week, but uh, the, the impressive part there is they – or the, 
the good sign for them moving forward is they're starting to get a little bit more balanced contributions offensively. They're starting to get a few other guys, a guy off the bench here and there, uh, a couple of those other starters outside of the two Carters that are um, scoring points for them. So if they get that, a more balanced team to go with Templemeyer and Mick, who can go off at any time, now suddenly they're a more complete team uh, and the more dangerous as we head into the stretch run of the season there. So first, got to watch a team we talked about last week, and they actually moved up in the rankings. Very competitive week for Elkhorn South, and then they, they played West Side on Friday and turned around and beat Central in a grudger on Saturday. Yeah. Do we have an answer yet? Because I think I do on why they're so difficult to play against. It's almost never easy, no. right? I mean, Westside got out, and Westside won that game, I feel, fairly comfortably, but Elkhorn South stayed in it. They lost They lost to Bellevue well, West in bad fashion, right. but were in it early. Outside of that, these guys, they're a headache. Well, it was 73-66 against Westside, and that's with Elkhorn South missing eight of their 13 free throws. That way that they got back into that one, in in my opinion, was that was more about Westside in terms of the subbing and style of play versus Elkhorn South, except for Elkhorn South played much harder, longer than Westside did. Elkhorn South was relentless. Alec Noonan was getting dogged yeah. all night. They were going back and forth. He kept playing. Warner had a fifth foul that wasn't even a fifth foul. He was shooting it well. He had up 19, to hit five threes. And listen, so I looked at my buddy Tom Tom. Tom Thompson was sitting next to me. Great shooter, great score, right? Like, he was UNO's all-time leading scorer until Mitch Albers came along. Tom Thompson can put the biscuit in the basket. He looked at me. He's two seats down, and he goes, I said, oh, yeah, I've seen him do yeah. this to a lot of teams for a long time. Evan Warner can flat out shoot the basketball. Yeah. And you know what he did against Westside? He he was putting the ball on the deck a couple of times yeah. just enough to make you uncomfortable where you couldn't just lock in and yeah. smother him, right? He gets the fifth foul. The lead had kind of ballooned. Westside the fans were – it was chippy. It was a nasty kind of game. Hornbacher played well. Uh, Werner was tough. I figured it out. Not only are they well coached, they play hard. They, they, they never, ever, ever look at the scoreboard. And that's what they have to do, and they knew that coming in because of their personnel. They had five seniors that have uh, – and a couple like uh, Warner and Stone and Hornbacher – they suited varsity. They didn't play much last year. They play in spot minutes. So mm -hmm. really, uh, Moeller, Swan, and Noonan were the only two guys Gosh, that played a good athlete. real minutes. But they knew those five guys were the only guys with any kind of varsity experience coming into the season. And it was they were going to try to find some ways to, to get a little bit of help. But they knew they were going to have to grind out games. Again, playing five out, the undersized Hornbachers are five. He's uh, a six tough three. kid. Um, uh, you know, people want to be to be mad. You know, it's getting a little chippy, pushing, shoving. Yeah. That stuff doesn't bother me, right? Yeah. Because that's how – that stuff doesn't bother me one bit. And for them to turn around, JP, and 
play the game that they played against Central in that style after leaving it on the field or the court the night before, oh, I, I'm all in. Yeah, and from personal experience, I know Gavin's really good at getting uh, in other kids' heads. He uh, He's really good at getting other teams to commit technicals. Yeah. Uh, he, he kind of goes right up to that borderline. Doesn't, doesn't you know it's o- overstep you know it's funny? and get real dirty. You know what's funny? <laughs> this is how you know. Uh, you won't get this if you know you know, right? What do the kids say? I-Y-K, Y-K, <laughs> if you know you know. Driving home Friday. What does Caleb say? Dad, I almost got the first technical <laughs> I've ever gotten in basketball. Why? Oh, it was Hornbacher. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, hilarious. Yeah. I, I think there were two or three technicals called in yeah. that game. One, two were offsetting. But I, I didn't. I would not have guessed, especially because we had talked to Coach Chebik Jr. from Central Friday, and they were well-rested. They had had a week off. I wouldn't have guessed that Elkhorn South, because they don't play a ton of guys, that they would have enough in the tank emotionally, and half of Central's team was at the Westside Elkhorn South (laughs) game. I did not expect that outcome. 69-68 69-68 at Central. Um, Warner again, 5-7 from three. So he, he can 10 of 14 in his two games last week. That's, he, he had kind of hit a little rough patch, but last week turned it back on. Uh, you know he's never going to stop shooting. Um, so good week for him. And then Noonan uh, again had a good game, 16 uh, after 18 against Westside. I think difference was Hornbacher, though. Uh, Boxer had him 13 points, 5-5 five five shooting, hit three threes, seven boards. First double-digit scoring game of his varsity career. I think career. The, the, the effects of the cast yeah. are long gone. And that's the thing. He missed a big chunk of the season, so it's good to see him back out there and make a big impact. And they needed every single one of those points in, in a one-point win for a guy that typically um, he's more of the glue guy. He'll defend their bigs as a 6'3", kind of undersized forward. Um, he'll go scrap for rebounds. Again, play, uh, get in other teams' heads. But you get offensive contributions on, on top of that. Uh, and that's how you, you score a big win like that for the Storm. We're 11-6 and six now, uh, and they've got Burke and Millard West this week. Let me ask you a quick question before we do the, the highlights. Of the yeah-but teams, we're in basketball circles all the time. Yeah-but. Yeah-but. I, I brought them up last week, Millard North. Still 16-2, and two, still keep winning. They get a lot of yeah-buts. But the team ranked above them, Creighton Prep. They're not this, they're not this, they're not that. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Who do you feel is a safer choice in terms of who you know more about, Creighton Prep or Miller North? Ask me after this week. Isn't it crazy? (laughs) Because Miller North has their chance to show that, hey, we're right there. They go – they host Gretna on Friday. That's Friday, yeah. Um, Gretna is still sitting there 15-2, the number two team. Um, they beat Brian last week in addition to that, that close win against North Star. Um, Miller North only had one game last week, took care of business. Uh, um, they didn't have a great – I mean, they went 9-20 to 20 from the, the, the free throw line in that game. Um, didn't really ha- – uh, Jacob Martin led them in 12, uh, with 12 points. Derek Rollins didn't have a great w- game. But that was, a, that was, a, that was a tough environment. Yeah. Um, it was packed. Uh, you know, Coach Locum. Oh, all the students were wearing red, you know, yeah. s- lost his son, which was tragic. It, that environment, that was a hornet's nest at, at Millard South. Now, they're not super capable. I think they'll get that. Down, like, 
losing Cooper, one yeah, of their, their but key but pieces, that but environment was that was a tough that was a tough environment so yeah so we'll see how that miller north gretna game goes um i worry about miller north's mental toughness in that one because gretna plays a certain way they played it a long time and you have to hang in there you have to hang in there against gretna yeah um the other big so we'll see what happens after that miller north uh, again Sitting there at sixteen and two, they've taken care of business for the. Most that's part. a gaudy record for a team that um, barely gets talked the, about. The yeah, the out of state loss, so sixteen and three overall. Um, but that's, yeah, that's a, it's it's, and they've got a lot of pieces. It's just consistently, can they put it together down the stretch? Can they get multiple guys playing well uh, together? Um, but the one other result we kind of skipped over it though. Westside went two and zero because. They smacked Lincoln Southwest 86-57. Oh, yeah. Um, at 31-7 in the second quarter. Uh, just shot lights out. Um, uh, Caleb went 4-4 four for four from three at 16. Tate Oddvody went 5-9 from three, had 23. Um, they, uh, they're, figuring, they're figuring it out on offense. Kevin Stubblefield got 15. Kevin Brown got 10. Um, so, again, you've got all those guys contributing together. And C.J. Mitchell – Kind of uh, left the game with an injury early on. Good to see him bounce back and play yeah. later in the week. Um, but so they did all that without Mitchell uh, in, in the lineup. Uh, and Southwest is a team that's kind of dealing with some things now. They were shorthanded. Uh, no Bon, uh, yeah. not, no Bon, and and no Frager. Yeah. So short, short a couple of their, their key players there, uh, and they just kind of kind of crumbled the first game without those guys. They got off to a good start like the first quarter. I watched that on YouTube. The first quarter was fun back and forth. Southwest had the lead early and then they just could not could not get anything to go their way. I, I think once quarter. Southwest lost the ability to get once Southwest lost the ability to get baskets from Chuck Love who I mean, and I never talk about him just cuz he's my son, but he he I think he clearly is the best on the ball defender. If not the Metro, maybe the state, right? And he so makes physical. it he makes it very hard on those guys. He made it hard on Love. He made it hard on Noonan. Um, and I think eventually, without him, without Chuck playing very much in the fourth quarter, I wonder if that was by design, where Coach Baugh just was maybe thinking, "Hey, you know what? Like, yeah. I don't like the shot selection. I think you made it. Maybe not personal is not the word because Chuck's not that kind of kid. But it just seemed like they were out of sorts offensively." Because they lost their composure. And I actually think, and you got to help me with this, it seems like Helm should be more of an integral role for them. Am I crazy? No, I've never quite figured out. For, there, there, for some reason, he just says He never. shows you flashes. Exactly. He's I watch so him in warm-ups. He had a couple of good buckets early. He's bouncy. He can shoot it. And seeing he's capable during the summer, just for whatever reason, he's never really found a way to consistently – put up the, the the numbers offensively within Southwest system. Um, some guys just fit he, other styles better, He looks fantastic. But, yeah, that's – and that's – like, if Southwest is going to make a run, it's got to be – he's got to step up in addition to, obviously, uh, Love's had a really good season. Ryland Smith, you know, is a veteran there. They, they need Helms to give them a little bit more, and he's capable of it. That's the thing. Like, we've got to see it. They got to find a way to make him a more integral part, like you said. Um, especially now, as they're trying to figure out moving forward with yeah, where they're going to the go personnel-wise, yeah, and all that type of thing. So um, I think definitely he is a key to Southwest 
kind of riding the ship here um, down the stretch of the season, hopefully making a run uh, once we head into the postseason. Shano, i got to sneak in one more before he gives his shout-outs. Do we learn, and we talked about it early with the, the Lincoln matchups in the round robin, do you feel comfortable making a, a distinction in Lincoln? Like, if, you, if East is, and they'll have their chance tonight, North Star with the close one over Pius, we still like Pius's upside? Uh, I, probably not as much as the others. Um, just I got to see a little, a little bit more, more limited offensively. The, yeah, the supporting cast. They, they scored that win against Scott uh, largely just because of a really hot three-point shooting game, and I don't necessarily know if I've seen that from them consistently. Um, so it's hard to trust that. Um, so that's kind of got to see a little bit more uh, from them before I'm ready to – I think East has shown themselves – the, the Pius will get their chance to, to prove me wrong this week. Weekend. They, they, yeah, yeah they, they play these. So um, I'm going to stick with two uh, guys for the shout-outs this week because, one, well, Gearing, Gearing Sr., Maxwell Greeley, 50-burger. First 50-point game of the season. <laughs> 50 points this on 19 of 30 shooting, 5 of 10 from three, 7 of 10 from the free throw line, so scoring every way possible. Four boards, three assists, seven steals against Torrington uh, in a win there. They, they lost at Sydney, but wasn't his fault. He put up 29 on 10 and 16 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3, 6 of 8 from the free throw line, 3 boards, 2 assists, and 3 steals. And then closed out the week with 24 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 3 of 4 from the foul line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals Jeez. against Chase County. 103 points on 38 of 62 shooting, including 11 of 20 from 3 and 16 of 22 from the free throw line in 3 games. That is a week. Um, it's a season for some people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then Corian Gallatin, again, Fremont uh, freshman. Talented. 34 points, 11 and 19 from the field, 10 and 17 from three. Uh, hit both his free throws and also dished out nine assists in a 13-point win uh, at Omaha South. So pretty darn impressive for a freshman to shoot like it's that. Crafty, undersized too, some length out there. And leave you with this, the schedule out in Grand Island this week, Heartland Hoops Classic, it's Fun every year. Love this event. Freeman against Central City. Platteview against Grand Island. Wahoo against North Platte. Gordon Rushville. Uh, Jace Nelson, uh, big-time performer for them, taking on the host, Grand Island Central Catholic. Um, and then we have the, the kind of the main events there. Your, your Westside Warriors taking on Real Salt Lake Academy. Um, they've got A lot some, of length. Yeah, they've got, they've got some players there. Um, uh, J.J. Mandiquitz, their leading scorer. And they're young. Uh, all their best players outside of their big guy are sophomores and freshmen. Um, so they have 6'9", 6'10", forward. Um, uh, has a Southern Utah offer. Uh, the other guys are still a uh, little, uh, little early in the career. Yeah. And they shoot the ball really well. They shoot 38% from three as a season, uh, on the season from what I was able to see. So got to guard the three-point line. Then Bishop Walsh uh, out of Cumberland, Maryland, is taking on Bellevue West. Um, Bishop Walsh is kind of having a rough season. They, they play out in the NIBC, which is the elite it's, of the yeah, elite. Yeah, it is a gauntlet academy. out there. So even the worst We usually team see in the, the conglomerate of that yeah. league playing in the AAU circuit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're led by Mike Williams, 6'2", shooting guard, committed to LSU. Um, Manuel Okatondo has got a Rutgers offer, 6'8", kind of wing forward there. Um, and then Josiah Kennedy is a, is a freshman guard, um, has three, four Division one offers, high major offers already as a freshman, transferred in for them. 
So that's what you're going to see from Bishop Walsh. And then Huntington Prep against Sunrise Christian Academy is a night cap at 8 o'clock. Showstopper. Yeah, you know Sunrise is, is loaded every single year. Huntington Prep, another one of those elite basketball schools in the country. So Sunrise should, might be tops by the time it's all said and done. Should be a fun uh, day. I will be out there. You'll be out there for part of it. Got to head back. Um, but we will have you covered next week with uh, the highlights from that. You got it. That's another week in Nebraska Preps postgame. It's Arguably my favorite segment. No disrespect to my regular morning show partner, but I, I don't get to see JP every day. Love him. You should, too. Give us a follow. Don't you dare miss us next week. A Heard at Sports Network production.